0: The Mental Wealth Podcast hosted by Justin Little is proud and honored to announce that we are now sponsored by BetterHelp.com. During hard times, it can get really difficult if you don't have anyone to talk to. Being alone with your thoughts can be an isolating feeling that can allow negativity to consume you. I know for me personally, this past year of 2022 has been one of the toughest years of my life. In fact, many of us throughout the pandemic have experienced more mental health concerns than ever before. For me personally, having someone that I can trust to talk to, to give me the therapy that I need has made me feel better and allowed me to cope. That is why I am proud to be sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp has customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. So many people use BetterHelp that they are currently recruiting additional therapists on all 50 states. Get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Mental Wealth. That's BetterHelp.com slash Mental Wealth. Go get that 10%. And most importantly, take care of yourselves. Welcome. I'm Justin Little, host of the Mental Wealth Podcast, available on Apple, Spotify, and Google, and now heard in 31-plus countries worldwide. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, follow, and share this podcast, and feel free to leave us a review. To support us, find us on Instagram at Mental underscore Wealth Podcast, and be sure to visit our brand new website, www.MentalWealthPodcast.org. That's www.MentalWealthPodcast.org. If you'd like to support us financially, be a guest, or sponsor an episode, please email us at contacttmwp.org at gmail.com. As always, please take the time to invest into your mental health, wealth, and well-being. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Justin Little, and you're listening to The Mental Wealth Podcast. Episode number 52 of the Mental Wealth Podcast. I want to welcome each and every one of you guys into the podcast for a brand new episode. First of all, uh, hopefully all of you guys are enjoying your Labor Day weekend or have enjoyed it by the time you're listening to it. It might still be Labor Day. It might be some days after. Uh, listeners listen all throughout the week and the week's coming. Shout out to all the parents. I know in Virginia where I'm from, this is back to school week. So... Just kudos to all my teachers, um, administration, folks who work in that industry. Wishing you guys a successful school year. Shout out to all the parents with children going back to school, maybe starting school for the first time, going to a new grade, going to middle school, high school. Kudos to you guys, May You guys have a safe and prosperous uh, school year. And of course, kudos to those of y'all who may have already started school as well. I know all around the country, folks started different times, so just kudos, and uh, it feels like for me, I know September, when September begins, it's still technically summer, but I, for me, I, when I think of September, I always think of fall, fall, autumn. That's my favorite season of the year, so it starts to get chillier. Daylight's not here as long, so I'm looking forward to this season personally. Uh, but uh, just kudos to everyone, and uh, please take care of yourselves. Just want to thank you guys for tuning into the Mental Wealth Podcast. Happy September, Suicide Prevention Month. Self-Care Awareness Month, right? Uh, I'll keep this intro short uh, because I haven't really done one in quite some time. Uh, But as many of you have been keeping up with episodes, I just got back from an amazing trip in Aruba. Oh my goodness, it was just what the doctor ordered. Uh, Everything that I needed, some really good TLC, some time to reflect and to grow and really uh, celebrate life and celebrate success, right? I came in here. With episode 50 i was very very vulnerable and you know that those days in aruba really really gave me that space um i I did some things that i never do uh i got into the beach water and i can swim by the way i can swim uh but i grew up maybe 10 minutes from an ocean a very popular ocean and i can't tell you it's probably been 15 to 20 years the last time i've actually gone to the beach to go to the beach right i'm the guy who just goes for the food, leaves, I don't go on the sand, I don't go on the water. Um, I've always been able to swim. My father taught me how to swim, but I just don't, I don't, I don't do it. But uh, my homie that I was with, shout out to him, he pressured me, some positive peer pressure, and I'm glad I did. I went into the ocean, it was beautiful, clear water, got a chance to swim and feel the warmth of the Caribbean Sea, and just, you know, why not? Like YOLO, right? Uh, I was also able to Uh, we were on a boat and i jumped into the water and we we had stopped and anchored and people were jumping into the water uh off like some hanging majigger thing i i failed that the first time let go of it too early and fell uh the next time i just jumped but that water was pretty deep um so you you can't i wouldn't recommend it if you can't swim uh but uh it was really just those are the two highlights i could go on forever i'll probably open up more and coming episodes about just how much that trip meant to me, and just kind of resetting and celebrating everything that happened for me to me this year, and just moving forward with life going into the fall. But I'm back from that. We took a week off. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the last episode. Hush, what a! I just love that episode. I listened to it on the airplane, and kudos to those to, uh, to Antoine and Maisha. They had a very phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal uh, premiere in Miami. I, I saw pictures and videos. It was a full packed movie theater of folks enjoying this documentary for the first time. That was the premiere showing. they have other showings coming up. So make sure if you haven't listened to the last episode, listen to it, tap in, follow those folks and see if it's coming to a city near you so that you can hear and see that documentary. Hush, help us say help. But as we gather here today, before I get into the meat of the episode and what you guys will be able to enjoy today, I want to come in with some statistics about suicide. Suicide Prevention Month is recognized in September, a month where we take some extra time to really focus on mental health. I have a special place in my heart for Suicide Prevention Month as a suicide survivor myself. Also, when it comes to this podcast, it was over a year ago when we did the episode with Taymu Lewis from the Lee Thompson Young Foundation celebrating Lee, uh, August 19th, uh, Made nine years since his passing to suicide as he suffered from bipolar disorder. And you guys know the rest of the history. Uh, we put out that episode celebrating his life ahead of Suicide Prevention Month, and it was later that year, last year, that I joined the board of directors of that same foundation. So. Um, this is just another way for us to, excuse me, just do the work and continue to raise awareness and take action when it comes to suicide. I want to share some, some very interesting, uh, stats with you guys when it comes to suicide. First of all, just for those who may not know what suicide is, and this is according to To the National Institute of Mental Health, how they define suicide as a death caused by self directed injurious behavior with intent to die as a result of the behavior. A suicide attempt is a non fatal, self directed, potentially injurious behavior with intent to die as a result of the behavior. A suicide attempt might not result in injury. Suicidal ideation refers to thinking about, considering, or planning suicide. So some may fall into a couple of these categories. Obviously, if you're here listening, then you were not successful in a suicide, but maybe you attempted before. Maybe you had serious thoughts about suicide. Maybe you have family that have thought about suicide. Suicide is a very serious matter. And interestingly enough, also from uh, the National Institute of Mental Health, Here is some uh, glaring statistics about suicide as well. In 2020, it was the 12th leading cause of death in the United States, causing uh, the lives of 45,900 people. Okay? Suicide was the second leading cause of death among individuals between ages 10 and 14 and 25 and 34. Think about that. The second leading cause of death. Kids between 10 and 14, and then young adults between 25 and 34. The third leading cause of death among individuals between 15 and 24. So that gap in between. And the fourth leading cause of death amongst individuals between the ages of 35 and 44. There were nearly two times as many suicides, 45,979, in the U.S. as there were homicides. Now, I would argue that both those numbers are horrible. We shouldn't have anyone dying by homicide, but it's it, it's interesting for us to understand the problem that we have when it comes to suicide. Just today, I read an article about the CFO of Bed Bath and Beyond. Uh, he took his own life. And a, a few, uh, a week or so ago, I read an article about a young lady. I cannot think of her name. Uh, let me see if I can find her name. I had the article pen, but there was a young lady who uh, was a news anchor, here it is, Nina Pachoke, dead at 27 of apparent suicide, she was a news anchor, beautiful young lady. And those are just two names that come to, to my mind. But suicide is something that many people continue to deal with. And it's important that I use my platform to talk about it while it might be triggering for some you know, it, it does not go away if we don't talk about it. I've shared personal moments on this podcast and several of my introspective episodes from 7 p.m. in New York, 1 p.m. in Virginia Beach, shoulder sh- shrug, rest in peace, for the love of you. Like all these episodes, I mean, I've put my heart and soul. So you guys should know by now how serious I take this. I just wanna take this opportunity to send love and light and healing to any of my listeners. No matter what you're going through, what you're feeling, know that you're not alone, that you are here. We see you, we feel you, we recognize you. And I wanna thank you for your presence and know that your purpose is not yet complete. I wanna do something special this week. And as we think about Suicide Prevention Month, you guys know back in June, a little over two months ago, now i was in san francisco had the privilege to speak on a panel called the state of black mental health in 2022 moderated by jay barnett um i was accompanied by my good friend nicole watson uh of course you know uh sean king uh was was a guest on the on the panel as well and of course the person i have to thank for even having the audio to share with you is joyce lacombe as well and third voices. I listened back to the audio earlier today. It was so phenomenal. And I, I'm giving you guys the best version of it. Of course kind of translating it over to the podcast because it's ripped from a video. So bear with it. But it's very, very important information. And I would challenge all my listeners, whether you're black, uh however you identify white, black, BIPOC, whatever category you're in, there are some gems that were really shared by all of us in this panel. That I think will benefit everyone, no matter how you identify, where you're from. This is a mental health conversation that everyone needs to hear. So hopefully you stay tuned and you enjoy this panel from San Francisco. Shout out to Josh Donaldson, When the Music Stops, the State of Black Mental Health in 2022.
1: Okay, thank you. That's perfect. You know? Perfect. So how you guys doing? Man, Sean, I feel like, oh, this is what it feels like feeling the lights. Uh, so, uh, we're, we're going to have a great conversation. And this conversation, is not only just thought, but I hope this conversation, you can discover some insight. I love the word, I love to use the word discover because life is about discovering find some not just nuggets, because I feel like we're a society that's always looking for nuggets. We're always looking for uh, snippets or sound bites. But if you can find something that these panelists is going to share that you can take away with you. So a little bit of, a little bit more about myself. I'm a former pro uh football player 15 years I'm a two-time suicide survivor. And uh, just 10 years ago I survived my second suicide attempt. So now, as a therapist, I don't just speak from a clinical perspective, but I also speak from having a life to lead the lights and walk into darkness. So we're gonna get real deep. So I'm excited uh, about being here. I'm excited for Josh to me to moderate this panel. And also, I'm excited for you guys to get opportunities,
2: here not only just a state of mental health, the value, value in taking care of your mental health. So I want to start off with this. When we talk about mental health, we normally think about depression,
1: anxiety, and all these other disorders, but your mental health is centered around mental, emotion, and your physical state. That's where we do life from. And I have this thing, that yeah, if those three states are unhealthy, and not in a good place, can cause a mental health issue or disorder. Does that make sense? Okay, when people think about mental health, they automatically go to depression. But I wanna, I just have to break that down give a bit more context. So, I wanna start out with Nicole. Nicole, I wanna make sure I have that right. Uh, cause you know, he was talking about you know, his stash of lives, so. I want to know what that snatch of life Why is mental health important to you?
3: So for me, um, I'm very proactive in my suicide prevention. I don't wait for people to be on the brink and to be locked away in the hospital. I go on social media and I look for people saying i want to kill myself and I reach out to them. I know is that the mental health industry, if you will, can be so colonized that when people are suicidal, we want to put them in a box. You're suicidal because of this. You're suicidal because of that. The person may just be suicidal because they don't have money to pay their car. Home. And they want to jump off a bridge because they're tired of living in survival mode. But because we hear one word, we want to throw them over here. We want to send the police to their house. We want to do all of these things. So I believe that we have to be so in tune with people and what they have going on that we are more proactive. So that's what I do. That's why I do what I do. Wow. Listen, you guys, can y'all give a
1: round of I was in private practice for two years. I walked away from last year' private practice. Especially, I saw about six hundred people. It was crazy. I could imagine looking for people who are making these threats and what that's like on your mental health. Justin, I want to go to you because as much as we are looking to help other people. What is the challenge that a lot of people in the mental health space have? Because oftentimes, who's helping you to help yeah, That's powerful. Um,
0: yeah, we were just talking about this a few minutes ago. I feel like I like to
2: fly. I love to fly. And what's the one of the first things that the flight attendants always tell you? Hey, in the case of an
0: emergency, your own oxygen mask on before you help. And our natural tendency is to help other people just because a lot of us are born that way. We're born to be selfless, you know, and that's right. But you're no good to anyone else. If I pass someone I can't breathe and I'm gonna help someone else. And so there's power pouring into yourself. Um, when you try to pour from an empty cup, I'm pouring into someone else and I have nothing to give. I'm not taking care of me. So I think self care, is Um saying no, one of the most powerful things you can do when you're in this space of for me podcasting, sometimes I gotta take breaks, I gotta take a few weeks off. I gotta say, look, I can't, I can't do it. Um, there's times when I do summits when I met you, and I'm there thinking I'm there to network, but I actually have to
1: sit there and listen to the information because there's things for me to learn. So I can continue to evolve and become better at podcasting, for more importantly be a better human being. I'm going through my thoughts, right? Of course, therapy isn't for everyone, but I do recommend you at least trying it. It's helped me. Um, just regulate through my own thoughts. Is having someone to speak to that I can trust and do a relationship with. So I can't just be telling my listeners to go to therapy, and I'm not in therapy myself. Those things I think are important. And I like what you said too. You know, going to therapy. I'm an advocate for therapists who have therapists. If your therapist doesn't have a therapist. I'm not saying look for another therapist, uh-huh. but you might want to look for another therapist. Uh-huh. Because who's helping you with your process? You're not here dealing with everybody else. Who's helping you process your own healing? So I, I I think that was uh, really great, man, because this has been a very
2: heavy past two years. I don't know, you look like you got some for
4: me already. It has <laughs> been.
2: It has
4: been um 2020 2020 you know outside of the death that came from the pandemic but it was a great reset for me because I was doing the most for everybody else except for myself and so you know what you were sharing with uh self-care I was able to take a step back and say you have to take care of me and set parameters around my life because Black people, we are naturally the caregivers, and that can be to a fault.
1: Do you feel like we as Black people
2: uh, have a burden to please? It's a conditioned burden. Talk about that a little. Bit.
4: Yeah, there's so much there. It's a conditioned burden to please,
2: it's survival. Um, so, you know, and
4: I, I think that we need to take a step back and evaluate um, what are we doing things for? And who are we doing it for? And are we serving our own people and pleasing? Um, you know, I started really speaking out uh, during, on social media during 2020, and I get the thought I was normally just a easygoing person, but that really wasn't my authentic self. So um, It was good to see who was really in my corner and who wasn't. And it kind of reduced my crowd of friends. Um, It was was exactly what I needed.
5: You said something about being conditioned to please. I think there's also this thing where certain people groups are conditioned to be strong. And I traveled to Buffalo just two days after the mass shooting there at the Topps grocery store. And within 12 hours of the shooting, people were using a hashtag, Buffalo Strong. And several leaders from Buffalo came to me and said, Sean, I actually don't want this hashtag because people were imposing on us this notion that we were strong enough to endure this, that there was something, there was something uniquely special about these victims and these families and this community that could just take it and keep on moving. And the community felt like, Sean, we're not being given enough space to grieve, to mourn, to heal. And so people were rushed back to work in Buffalo. People were not given the financial support that they needed in Buffalo. And any of us who travel there to be with people, it's even hard to quantify the the trauma that was caused. I didn't meet a single person from Buffalo who didn't know someone who was killed there, even just a person removed. These were elders, deacons, grandparents. And the city and the nation on that community, this notion that they were strong. And and then the weird thing is, next week, the same hashtag was used in Uvalde, Uvalde strong. Same thing, I got to know these families. And families in Buffalo, families in Uvalde, yes, there, there is a strength in surviving, but there's something wrong about us so quickly imposing strength on people whose babies
2: were just killed. That's like I was a pastor and and counselor for years and when you're walking people who lost their children or their loved ones the worst thing you could ever tell them is be strong. that's That's not even
5: good advice in them. And So we need to, like, we need to think of better words and better approaches on how we process
2: our trauma in this country, and there's, I mean, I think there's widespread PTSD in our
5: communities, Mm -hmm. and just a hashtag doesn't help PTSD. Uh, Telling people to be strong does not help PTSD. That's that's something that you need a therapeutic plan for. So um, I understand this need to just default to and handle it, we can push through, but eventually that runs out. And when it runs out, you're gonna find yourself in a very low place cause hashtags and coined words are not enough. When he used the word, like, when you're an empty cup, when you pour all that you have out, and all you have left are some phrases, this is not enough to get you through
1: Just let y'all sit with that for a yeah. second. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you why, because so many times, especially as a man, right? You hear, how many men have heard that? And, um, Right, man's don't cry. And what this does is it creates a human to not feel. So the moment that you tell someone to be strong, what you're doing is you're taking away their ability to feel as a, it's okay to say, I don't have it today. I think we we, we create society that is uh, so infatuated
5: with performance that people feel like they don't, they, they can't take time off. Mm-hmm. Feel like, no, I can't have a downtime.
1: Because I have a thing that I like to say: just because Superman can take a bullet doesn't mean he should. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say, I don't have it. And you may be sitting in here and you may not relate personal to what happened to Buffalo and Uvalde. But I'm sure somewhere in your life that you've experienced something and you probably felt forced to continue on because you didn't feel the time and the space of process. When you don't process, your process will catch up with you. And that's what happened with most people is, you know, because growing up, Sean, you hear, oh he had a mental he had, he had a nervous breakdown. And I never understood that until I became an adult. And what you realize is that people had more them that they should be carrying. I could just wake up something real quick along the lines of the
0: man up, be strong. One of the worst things I saw growing up in my community is this idea that don't show weakness, right? How many? I'm sure y'all have heard parents say, "Why are you telling our business? Why are you putting our business out there?" So somehow, me going to therapy and getting some healing is putting business in the streets. But that's me. I need to heal because we, this generation trauma in the black community is like we have to portray strength. But no, we don't. We, we, we can cry. We can have these emotions and have them be normalized. And further, what's even more harmful is this idea that so much of family have to deal with them. Right? In the instance, of, let's say someone's triggering you, they're a bad influence. They're not really, really, I don't want to be around. The only reason why you tolerate them is because they're family. But why you keep going to those spaces if someone's triggering you? I'm in a situation right now where I haven't spoken to my parents in two months because every time I speak to them, I get triggered. And so at, some, at what point do we as black people say, look, no more, and I love you, but I can love you from afar because at, at some point I'm continuing to allow you to do this to me and, I, and, 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 and you're telling me that I have to deal with it because you're my parents or you're my family, you're my brother, you're my, look, I love you, but I love me more. Putting our mental health first, Sometimes means suffering the ties in some
1: of these toxic relationships. So I, I want to you know, go to the ladies. You know, we all heard what has taken place over the past you know, 48 hours. And, uh, I posted that not only does this affect you know, women, but it also affect their mental health. Probably within 24 hours, I was pressed with an individual that had to make a decision. And all of a sudden, this is the issue. As a woman, and, and it may, may affect you directly or may not affect you, uh, you directly, what is this, what is the state that you think is you going to have?
3: Especially. So, I think that what we have to consider is that a lot of these people doing all this talking aren't going to do anything. So, I was in the airport getting ready to come here when the tweet dropped from CNN. I'm in the, the line rescheduling my flight and I break down crying mm-hmm. and women in the line you, I can't have you. I'm Can't have you. But I was sad because I'm like, what is happening, right? But here's the thing that's really gonna affect the mental health of all of the people who were clapping, all of the people who use their religion, their pro-life, their this and their that to celebrate this happening, they're not gonna buy any baby formula. They are not going to help anybody take care of their children. They are not going to take any of their resources and help any of these women do anything. We glad for stuff because it looks good and that's what we think we are supposed to do. And we see all of these statistics, and all of these social media handles and we forget that there are people behind these profiles. There are people behind these laws. And so for me, I have taken, I know 12 crisis calls since i be here. I just got here last night because people are saying, what am I gonna do? I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And I had to sit on Facebook and see my mama post, not my mama, but this is what people were saying. I had to see sit on Facebook and see my mama and my grandma and my pastor be happy about this. But I know if I call on them, they will not be there. They will not be there, and I think one of the things that is the greatest challenge when it comes to mental health is that everybody talks about mental health. Oh, I love people. I want to help people, but when it's time to be there, people are nowhere to be found. Yeah, I. Me too. We were on
4: the plane. Come through, just like, your spirit drops, because the reality of it is, this is just the beginning. That's what it feels like. This is just the beginning. Like they have managed to strip this away, so what's next? And so, I mean, this is a great place to be today, knowing there's people here that are trying to affect change and actively affect change in their everyday lives. Yeah, it's, it's, it's disheartening, it's very disheartening. How, how did you, what you could ask is, how did you process that? If you have. Well, that's a very good point. When we think back to Buffalo, did we even have time to process that? Uvalde happened, and then sometimes, because you know this as a clinician, you know, then, then it's like double processing because you didn't read Buffalo yet. Uvalde happens, and then now we're doubling down, but I don't think I fully processed it yet. You know? It's, I mean, I'm not having, I'm not having any more kids. So it's not that it's like, okay, it's my choice away, but just the fact that, that our freedom is imposed upon and taken away. It's heartbreaking
3: and no more is coming. I think for me, the way that I processed it was going back to what happened in 2016. When I woke up and if you know anything about suicide, that the suicide rate skyrocketed in 2017. It was higher than it had ever been before in 2017. When I woke up that morning in 2016, and I saw the results of that election, I knew the world would never be the same. I knew that as a black person, the world that I live in in America would never be the same. And So I think it has just been a continual processing of the reinforcement of that thing.
1: the trouble. Mm-hmm. I think in compound the trouble is that it's Sean. It's um, I see a lot of people are saying uh, somebody posted this. I thought this was how they to, they likened the Republicans to the mass shooter, and they likened the Democrats to the officers in New Orleans. And I was just like, wow. And, you, and you, you think about that, Sean, and you think about it. I, I look up here, and I think about the state of Black mental health. And for the past two years, I've been out front as a Black male therapist. And all over this country, we're you know, on tour right now with my book, Just Heal Road, Heaven, and Heal. When you think about geez, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, I mean and all the hosts of others. I, I can't ask you like what is uh, the method or what's the solution, but how do we even begin to repair the state of black mental health? So, that's um that's it's the question it's the that's the question really. But
5: kind of inferred in your question is of a painful reality part of why it's so hard to process Buffalo then you've all even decisions like this alongside cases of police violence is that in most of these instances there's no resolution for them. in most of these cases not only is nobody held responsible or accountable even when they are the problem itself doesn't stop so 2021, for instance, was the deadliest year ever for police brutality in America. After there were protests and demonstrations in every major city in the world. So if we experience some kind of trauma, like let's just say Buffalo, if we experience what happened in Buffalo and then the nation actually did something about something deep and substantive and significant about white supremacy in America, she could breathe a little bit. I could breathe, I could let my guard down. What we have to do is we have to deal with the trauma of Buffalo with the reality that Democrats and Republicans both are gonna do nothing about it. There's nothing of substance like, we spoke to the White House that week. I was with families as we spoke to the White House in Buffalo had families ask the White House, can you share with us your plan to confront white supremacy in America? Can you share with us your budget to confront white supremacy in America? And can you share with us the staff that you've recruited and hired to confront this problem? Because for five years in a row, that goes back from the Biden administration, Trump administration, to the last year of the Obama administration, the Department of Homeland Security said the single biggest threat to the safety and security of America was white supremacy. So if your your Department of Homeland Security five years in a row says white supremacy is the biggest threat, reasonably, I should be able to ask you for your plan, your budget, and your staff. We asked the White House for the plan, the budget, and the staff. We might as well have asked them for something about space aliens, they had none. There was no plan. We then said that was on Wednesday. We said we expect to see this on Friday. They scrambled through some. I assume that there had been a PDF created somewhere two years ago, or when you decided five years ago that it was the biggest threat. It's like you don't have a pre-existing document. You have to cobble something together. So when we experience this trauma, part of why it's hard to process it, recover from it, heal from it, is you also have implicit in that, the reality
2: that it's gonna continue again, again, and again. Now, in
5: our homes, when there's a problem in my home, I try to do everything I can to solve it, to address it, come at it from every different angle, I'm gonna be super transparent for a second. So I have five kids at home. We also have my niece and and her daughter. So there, any given day, there are nine or 10 of us, plus three dogs, fish, like we like, there's a lot of chickens, We we have six chickens. And so my family had done, we had started this thing where when, When we get in arguments in our house, which we do, that somebody will often say something they can never take back, like they'll say the harshest, ugliest, most painful thing. So we're trying to develop in my family a new practice of, let's argue, but from now on when we argue, don't you dare say that thing that you know, gonna break the soul and the spirit of the other person you're arguing. Does it mean we're never going to argue? No, but it's not going to go well. That's how it works in my home. We're trying to solve. It. It's not how it works in San Francisco. It's not how it works in California. It's not how it works in the United States. Our problems recur and repeat themselves over and over and over again with no honest resolution in sight. And that's how do you heal? If the thing that's stabbing you continues to stab you, so you might bandage this one, but this one's still it better, they get you again. Come on, man. Right. And so that's so it makes it that you know, we use the word the compounded trauma of it all, makes it really hard to heal as individuals, as a people, as communities, and and that's why in some ways. On a, on a good day, I feel like I grew up watching the Smurfs. And on the Smurfs, somebody else grew up watching the Smurfs. <laughs> well, there, was this, there was this episode where there was this dam and the water was coming and all the Smurfs had like their all their fingers and their toes trying to plug the holes. That's how I feel on a good day. On a good day, I feel like I got 10 fingers and 10 toes plugging all the holes in the dam. And if the dam if, if the water doesn't just break and overwhelm me, I had a good And that's not sustainable. And and so that's why you get more and more people saying, I'm gonna leave this country. Uh, you know, Sean, we should just break away and do something our like, we should form our own place. We don't need to I, I hear these because people are just scrambling, trying to figure out is there a way we can live Without so much compounded trauma day in and day hmm. out, like I need to go to a session after this session,
1: <laughs> because you know when, when, when you when you think about this, right? And we uh, have about six minutes left, uh, and, and this is why when Josh reached out to me about putting this program on, I was like, "Yeah, I'm on board." I had literally walked around see people just like, oh. like you can look at people's eyes and nobody's at home People are tired people are exhausted let me tell you the suicide is at the highest that it's ever been i mean you know statistically more women will attempt more men will succeed and because Connected with under the communal. Because just think about it. You got thousands of people mm-hmm. in your pocket on this. For a minute, you still feel alone. You have all the likes, you have all the followers, but you don't feel that you can be vulnerable. And that's where healing really starts. And that's what you're saying is that. Where is the space for us to really be vulnerable and say, you're hurting me. Because by the time you try to go home and put yourself together, you got to show up all over again with your shield, ready to defend, ready to fight. And it's become exhausting. And it's tiresome. And so when you talk about the state of black mental health, I think it's just the state of overall mental health in generalizing people. Close out. I want everybody to give you know, give something to those people that are out there watching. And I think this is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think this is live. This is live, Josh? No. Okay. We don't have to talk to people outside of here. Okay. So say something to the people that are are sitting there and leave them with something. But also, uh, if you could just share a part of why. To you. I'll start.
5: Um, I was I was the last person in my family, my wife and kids, I was the last person to commit to therapy, and I, I literally helped all of my family members find therapists, get therapy, but I, there was a part of me that was hard because I'm a public figure, but it was mainly just like the stereotypical man in me. I had learned for years and years not okay to talk to people about my problems. Um, I've been in therapy now weekly for almost two years. It has helped me reduce this word "process" a lot. It's helped me process uh, problems that I knew I had. It's helped me unpack problems that I didn't even really understand that I had it's just helped me be a healthy person healthier person um i feel i feel that i'm a better husband a better father a better leader i i lead two organizations i'm also an entrepreneur and i knew that i could not i was close to hitting a wall myself i knew that i could not
2: continue to be husband father boss ceo
5: i couldn't continue to do those things if i didn't have help so i encourage all of you um there are programs that can get you free mental health services if you have health insurance use your benefit and try to find um take your benefits uh it's okay to try a few therapists out find somebody that actually works for you i had to tinker with that a little bit and um they try, someone, um, may be a man, it may be a woman, it may be somebody that connects with you from um, your own community or culture. It took me a while to figure that out. Once I did, it made all the difference. But I've been trying to share some from my own mental health journey
2: more regularly just to kind of tear that wall down, but that's, that's part of it. Um, I don't know that
5: I would still be leading the way I'm trying to lead today though had I not committed years ago to sure.
3: So I will say that if you are here and you are struggling with what is going on in the world, I want you to know that you don't want to kill yourself. You want to kill the part of you that is hurting. You want to end the pain in the suffering and sorrow that does not equate to killing yourself There is a future version of who you are that is depending on you to make it through what you are going through and so take your energy take your pain take your anger and convert it into the fuel you need to build a better world for that person you may not be able to change this whole world but you can change your world your mental world, your support system. So don't give up on yourself and your life. Take that pain, take that energy, and build a better world for the person that you share. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, so Jay, you were talking about suicide statistics, and I brought up a few just to share before we wrap. The CDC did a study,
0: 2011, 2020 And this is specifically for black African Americans. Suicide rate was about 9% ages 15 to 24, but even higher in ages 25 to 34. And that spoke to me because that's my age group, right? You talked about the ratio of men to women. It's about three to one of men competing suicide. Black men, 11.7%, so about 2.6% for women. So for some of you who can't see the shirt I'm wearing right now, it says Black Men Heal. It's an organization called Black Men Heal. It's some amazing work. Heal from what? from the things that have troubled us for our entire lives, but the first step is admitting that you have something to heal from. You told me a long time ago, you can't heal what you're unwilling to reveal. Right. And so that's something that I had to learn because if if this stigma in our community to not talk, not speak up, I heard Michelle Williams say that same day, she said, here's a rug, what y'all have done is y'all swept everything underneath. The rug. If I would have looked at your rugs, it would right? So can we just stop uh, hiding? That should open up and be honest about the things that have hurt us, that have troubled us, that have triggered us. And if we can stop uh, hiding, then we can start healing, right? And if we can do that, then I know we can turn these numbers around. We can save more lives. Uh, We can prevent suicides in particularly communities. So that's why this work is important. So um,
2: thank
4: you for this question. Um, so I'm a therapist that has a therapist and, um, to her in the seasons that I need to, but, um, I'm in private practice and my company's name is called illuminating hope. And because I know that in every situation, even as dire as yesterday I felt, and in the state of our nation today, there's always hope. Because people are willing. Um, so about a year ago, I was, myself in a place where I was starting to have panic attacks. I had a panic attack before. I'm a the therapist. Never had a panic attack. Before. But um, I knew in that moment I was not going to let this be something that was going to be part of my life. And so I sought out help. I sought specific help. There, to sean's point, there's access. We do have access to free therapy, I can heal as free therapy. Um, different organizations of free therapy just to get help because there's always, always, always hope.
1: So, so in closing, I want to leave you guys with this. I'm pro-health, whether you're
2: black, white, I'm pro-healthy, if it's healthy, follow that.
1: If it's unhealthy, cut it off. I'm talking about behaviors, people, set boundaries. One of the things is, and uh, this is my first time being Sean, but I, I follow him. I pray for you often, brother. And I pray for you often because I couldn't imagine the weight that you carry to be out front takes a lot of courage because you know we all i don't care who you are we all read the comment section right? and people can be rude people can be very uh, it's, it's you know, social media is a very ugly world um uh, you know, it's not everybody uh is mature I use that word, and one of the things is, I want to tell you, create time to disconnect from the world, social media, the news, like turn it off, you know, set a timer on your phone, because it can become overwhelming to hear the comment section, and not just on social media, but just in your own head, as your own comment section. Because you have an inner dialogue about yourself. Because uh-huh. oftentimes, we're fighting ourselves.
2: Right.
1: And so, whatever that is for you, find time to get still. To reset in yourself. Find time to to
2: to uh, have solitude. But Mother Teresa said something that's so powerful,
1: I never forgot. She says, God is afraid to silence stillness, and solitude. And I think there's a space that we can create because this is a very noisy world. From the time you wake up, it is nonstop. So I always encourage clients and I encourage people take time to sit still before you start your day. Whether you pray, meditate, read, journal, whatever you Because your mental health is going to determine your quality of life. If your body ain't right, nothing is right. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care how many many followers, how much of your status. It doesn't matter if this and that is not in sync. If your heart and mind can't shake hands and come in agreement, you're all over the place. How many of you, I know, you have to raise your hand. How many of you go that uh, know people that are not stable? Like, from one month, girl, I want to sell, I think I want to sell purses. I think I want to sell bags. Next week, you want to do hair. Next week, you want to go back to school. It's just, and again, you find You're surrounded by people who are not stable in their life. It will cause you to be unstable. Because you take on who you're connected to. It. Where you are connected is where you collect from. So be mindful because your own mental health is at stake. And so as we close, and I love to tell people, healing is a journey, whatever you gotta heal from is
2: gonna take time be gracious to yourself. Whether it's forgiving your parents, forgiving a spouse or somebody, because most of us are trying to do life while trying to not remember what was or what happened. And guess
1: what, you take you and your past, wherever you go, and if you don't address it, it's going to show up somewhere. So take care of yourselves. You know, this This event has been great. It's, it's, it's blessed me to hear from, from you guys. And I mean, and again, you know, I, it, it's, I have these visuals, and these visuals. I didn't know I'm to be shot in this matter, but I pray for a lot of men on the front line. And because, you know, because people don't realize the pressure it takes to stand out, you know, even with you, your, your family going through, somebody posted your address and all those different things, and it's just like, people are crazy. People are crazy. And, you know, it, it just even for us to be talking about mental health. You know, I I've, I've had so many kids that I worked with took their lives. One of my kids that I worked with when the pandemic first started, she hung herself. 15 years old. Cause she in her mind it was gonna last forever. But can I tell you? Nothing lasts forever. But if you take time to give your Change your environment. You can live a healthier life. So again, thank you guys for allowing us to share with you. Every so everybody can uh, share their social media real quick. We uh, want to
4: follow you. Yes, my social media Instagram is minating underscore hope. Underscore hope. Just take one second just to thank you, Sean, because you provided a sense of community for us that we needed. Um,
2: and you were just
4: a, uh, an avenue for us to get information out, and that was part of our healing. I just
0: want to thank Josh, first of all, Joshua. Uh, for that. Uh, yeah.
2: To it in. Been um, uh, hopefully, this this turned out
0: to be exactly what you wanted to be. This has been amazing, so thank you for having me here. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the Mental Underscore Wealth Podcast, or visit my website mentalwealthpodcast.org, where all of, where all of our episodes
1: are: Apple, Spotify, Google, and connect, and we're, we look forward to connecting with all of you. An amazing podcast. Now take those flowers, man. Yeah. We, that's
4: that, we gotta
3: do that. We gotta take time. Right. Listen, I told Sean that because I'm tired of me getting flowers when they did. Yeah, that's man, Right. Take those flowers. He has an amazing podcast. Right. Yeah. You can I mean, find me on Instagram at Conquer with Um, Everywhere else, I'm just Nicaragua Watson. Follow me on Twitter. That's
5: where I do. all my jump talking. If y'all like to be entertained by people talking junk, follow me on Twitter and follow us. Uh, I'll be sure to follow everybody. Um, thank you, Josh, for bringing us together. And it's, uh, it's an important thing that you did to, uh, I, you, you didn't ask anybody to say this, but for Josh to put together, to said, let me put together and get out of the way mm-hmm. and, and let other people have their conversation and facilitate. So,
2: Thank you, and uh, thank you all for the love. Right. You, guys can me.
1: No, you guys can follow me, King J. Barnett, one word. And also, for any guys in here, I did bring books to sell. The book is Just Heal, Bro. It's an amazing, powerful journal, uh, journal uh, that we've been all over the country, 20 cities, healing men. I mean, it is so powerful. And so I am really encouraging men to not only get in touch with their emotions, but to begin expressing them, right? So thank you, Josh, man, for this powerful opportunity. Thank
2: you.
0: Wow, wow. Oh, my goodness. That was such a phenomenal conversation. Just listening to that back again was so helpful for me. And of the many things that was said, I want to highlight one thing that my good friend Nicole said there, who was sitting to my right. She said, when someone's thinking about committing suicide, it's not necessarily themselves that they're trying to kill. It's the pain. It's that pain, that feeling, that hurt that they, need, that they don't want to feel anymore. So trying to help those folks dealing with those feelings to think about the future, think about those feelings are, that hurt is, can be temporary. Can we fight through? Can we help you get through to the other side? Because that future version of yourself is counting on you to make it. I thought that was extremely powerful. Many, many gems uh, in that conversation. I was honored to sit on that panel and I'm so glad that I was able to share that conversation with you guys and stay tuned on our Instagram. I'll be posting some different clips and trying to put some of that content into reels and some videos for y'all to kind of see visually what we had going on there uh in san francisco but what a phenomenal 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 event uh bringing you guys back together uh just to wrap up before we get to affirmations just to let you guys know what we're planning you know we've been pretty consistent we've had some weeks off here and there obviously due to travel and some of the things that i've been been doing in the background but the plan is to get to 60 episodes right uh we are this is obviously episode 52 the goal is to get to 60 episodes and then to, to finish the season and come back in the new year. So last year when we did that, it was around right before Christmas, I believe it was like around December 15th, 16th. And then we, we came back. Obviously, a lot happened early this year, if you if you've listened uh, and we came back in like February. So the goal, the plan, because um, there's some mental health events I'm going to be attending next month and some travel. Is to continue to be consistent get you guys episodes each and every week i got some special special guests planned to wrap up the season and if the timing works out with a week off here or there it should be the the last episode of the season should come like right before thanksgiving right right around that time frame and then i'll be able to take off the rest of november into december and then plan a return of season three sometime in January after the new year, 2023. So and even after we we leave audio, you still will be getting some content. Obviously, all the episodes will sit there for you all to catch up on, but we'll focus even more on our YouTube, on our YouTube shorts, our Facebook. We started a TikTok, tock, um, our real content. So we'll really focus on posting some clips. And there's a lot of un- uh, never before seen clips of stuff from the podcast of behind the scenes stuff from some of the events we've been at that we are going to be able to highlight and show for you. And Podfest that I was at last this past May is going to be in January and it looks like I should be speaking at that event too. So more to come on that, but that's going to be late January, still in Orlando at a different hotel, at a different hotel. So more to come on that. And so that's going to align pretty perfectly with trying to come back with season three launch after going to my second podcast and having the privilege to speak again. So just want to let all my faithful listeners, those who supported since day one, know what's going on. Podcast isn't going anywhere. The brand is strong. We are strong and we are here for you to continue to support you. Uh, One quick note before affirmations, too, I mentioned earlier on the top of the podcast, right, that I I obviously came back from vacation and in future episodes, I'll get into more details. But one thing that's important, guys, I took a vacation from my vacation, so I was blessed enough to be able to take like four or five days off for that, come back and not have to go right back to work. I took the whole week off. My first day back at work, it's going to be Tuesday after the holiday. So I know that's going to be a fun day getting caught back up in 600 emails. Right. But it gave me time to really just reflect and go grocery shop, pay bills, exercise, lay around and watch TV and just ch- clean up like just time for me and not to just really just wind down because I've been moving so much uh, before going on that holiday. And um I really appreciated that. And uh, because of that, I wanted to share something really quick with y'all, because a lot of times when people, people will talk about the weekend or talk about a Sunday, a lazy Sunday and say, you know, I did nothing right. But here were some alternative ways to think about quote unquote, I did nothing. Right. You could say I recuperated. I had a mental health day. I shortened my to-do list. I took a nap. I chose not to make plans. I had a self-care day i stopped thinking so much i rested i I got this from uh just heal bro of course y'all know jay barnett who moderated that panel you just listened to that's his that's his brand i saw that i was like i had to share that on the podcast tonight because i'm like those are just some different ways to think about the quote-unquote i did nothing right Sometimes doing nothing is very great, but you're usually probably still doing something that's beneficial. Even if you laid in bed all day and just made yourself a sandwich and watched Netflix and you just rested, that's important because you might've needed it. Your body might've needed it. Your mind might've needed it. So let's celebrate that because September is also recognized as self-care awareness, right? So, so let's normalize doing nothing, quote unquote, let's normalize recuperating, resting, taking mental health days, relaxing and pouring back into ourselves, I think is so, so very important. But this has been another great episode of the mental web podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed all the content that we have provided today and been providing. I want to leave you guys with affirmations and something from we the urban nine things you need to hear today. Nine things you need to hear today. Number one, I hope September is good to you. Two, new month, new approach, new chances, new possibilities, new energy, new improvements, new growth. Third, everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to work out. Everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to work out. Number four, forgive yourself often. Five, sending peace and love to everyone, overcoming emotions, they never outwardly show. Number six, you deserve to be loved how you want to be loved. You deserve to be loved how you love. You deserve to be loved and not hide parts of yourself. You deserve to be loved even as you are healing. You deserve to be loved, flaws and all. You deserve more then half love, don't settle. Number seven, be serious about your peace and space. Number eight, despite everything you're going through right now, you're doing a great job, keep going. And number nine, I hope something good happens for you today. Hopefully those nine things, and it's on my Instagram story. It should be up. If you're listening to this first day, go to my Instagram, the mental underscore wealth podcast, be sure to tap in like comment on some of our amazing content. This is shared to my Instagram story currently should be up there until about two o'clock Monday afternoon, East coast time is the affirmation. My life is great. I'm capable of handling anything thrown my way today. I do not allow other people's perceptions. Projections and fears alter how I feel about myself. I am deserving of good things. I am disciplined and mindful. I release what doesn't align and lean into what propels my growth.